Broadcasting to New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Sydney, London, and around the world, this is Trumpet Radio Live. Thanks for joining us here on Trumpet Radio Live on 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm. Coming up on today's program, it's the first program of the new calendar year, by the way. A look at some uh, headlines and uh, also a couple of interesting things that did happen on the uh, first of the year in uh, history. Also, we're going to take a look at a, a really wonderful booklet about uh, how to be successful in life. There's some laws that apply to uh, developing and keeping success. We'll talk about that and more this edition of Trumper Radio Live. Trumpet Radio Live. Thanks for joining us here on Trumpet Radio Live on 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm. It is uh, January the 1st. If you're, if you're writing a check today, I don't know if people write checks anymore, but if you write a check, you have to remember to write 2018 on it now, uh, because uh, it's not 2017 any longer. I'm Dwight Falk, Grant Turgeon here today, too. It, uh, I find that it takes me a while uh, to get, get the new uh, the new date right. Usually I have to have through March, and then I I know I'll get the actual year correct at that point. You know you you know you're getting older when it's not just the year back, like but sometimes you stop and think what year is this? <laughs> and you've got like a five year window where you're trying to think of what year it is, uh, or uh, you know you see that in like um, TV shows or movies when somebody uh, is unconscious and then they come to and they tell they ask them like what year is it? I don't know that I would know that, you know, <laughs> I have to stop and think for a second. Like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, you can also tell you're getting older when if you are having to turn on the television on what what is uh, traditionally New Year's Eve, I guess, um, and you see the different whatever they have, those programs with the different singers and so forth. And you're like, I remember that person. I remember when they were young. And now they're not, but they're still trying to look young. It's, it's, it's to me. It's always very uh, depressing in a way to see that with somebody that was, <laughs> you know, famous from back in the day, and and they trot them back out for the, <laughs> the singing and stuff. But and, and they're not as young as they used to be. They're proof of the passage of time. But but other than that, I don't really think there's too much to a calendar year. I mean, it doesn't really matter too much what the specific year is. We, we make a big deal about about it. Maybe the last couple days of the year, we try to do a year in review. But other than that. It, you could do that for any year. It's not too special. Yeah, you kind of lose. You do lose track after a while, I guess, um, unless you have certain markers in life. Those, you know, if you have, you get married, you have children, things like that. They're kind of kind of the markers. But they matter uh, a lot more than the calendar yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. It's cold, by the way. In case you haven't noticed, <laughs> the average uh, temperature in the United States is 11 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, this morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, the area average temperature across the contiguous 48 states was a frigid 11 degrees. Over 85% of the nation is below freezing. Nearly one-third is below zero degrees. Uh, the forecast is for cold air to continue to flow down out of Canada. Canada is to blame for what's happening here into the central and eastern U.S. for most of the coming week. It's going to be a cold week ahead, I think, this morning. If you can trust the forecast, was going to be the was the coldest point of probably the week for us. We were 
uh, we were about four degrees, I think about at 7 a.m. or so, about four degrees, getting up to a, a blistering 17 or 18 today, and then uh, <laughs> dips down again tonight. But then we start we start getting back up into our normal, more normal 30s, 30s, 40s. Yeah, the weather map for going into this weekend was just absolutely stunning just to see negative 37, negative 29 on the map up there in Canada and places like Minnesota. It's just that is next level coldness. I, I I've never experienced something like that. Uh, just being here when it was five degrees a couple hours ago, that was quite unique. Yeah, yesterday uh, Sunday it wasn't. It was cold as well. Uh, I didn't feel too bad except when the wind would blow and that cold wind hits you. Then uh, that that really gets to you. So yeah, very cold in certain parts of the U.S. Um, and uh, Niagara Falls even froze. So people are kind of, it's kind of a tourist attraction now. People are going to look at that and check out the falls. So wow. that'd be neat to see. That's all, that's, you know, it's cold if the falls freezes. It's, I'm having a hard time even picturing just water going downward, but then if it's going down that far, but it all freezes, we have that little, little waterfall here on campus around the corner that has pretty much completely frozen too. But to go down like, you know, close to a hundred feet or more than that and, and to have it freeze is pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, they, don't they always talk about people going over the falls in a barrel? Yes. Like, isn't that a thing? That is. Okay. So do it when it's icy. <laughs> Slide over the falls in a barrel. Probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea anytime, but particularly then. Mm. Uh, at the end of the year, the calendar year, they always come up with a, a list of words that need to be banished from the dictionary. This is not official, but it's interesting. Northern Michigan's Lake Superior State University on Sunday released its 43rd annual list of words banished from the Queen's English for misuse, overuse, and general uselessness. The tongue-in-cheek, non-binding list of 14 words or phrases comes from thousands of suggestions. So uh, this is not binding. You can still use these. We won't judge you, but here are some of the words and phrases that they feel are overused. This uh, year's list includes, let me ask you this, unpack, impactful, nothing burger, Mm. Tons, dish, drill down, let that sink in, and the top vote getter was fake news. Hmm. So um, I've heard some of those, like unpack. I've heard that as that's kind of a newer, you know, a lot to unpack there. People say that sometimes. Yeah, it's not talking about literally unpacking, which is why people want to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. I actually agree with all of those except for the fake news one. You can never say fake news too much because it deserves to be called out. That's what people were saying. They said, well, the only people that don't want to say fake news is fake news. <laughs> right. They don't want to be called out. So um, tons could always be on that list. Everyone, that's always a common one. You know, tons of this, tons of that. Let me ask you this instead of just asking this. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever said let me ask you this uh, without saying it sort of ironically, you know. <laughs> let me ask you this. It's sort of, sort of like a, That's how it should be used. Yeah, it's like a joke. Uh, nothing burger. I haven't heard a lot of people say that, but that, that is a... That it's one that's used. I, I remember. I remember people at CNN saying that about the Trump Russia investigation behind the scenes when they didn't think they were being recorded. Oh, that's the only time I've heard it all year. It just came up with them a couple times. Yeah, it's basically it means it's not important. It's a right. big pile it's of just, nothing. It's just a a total waste of time, and people are just pursuing it for basically no reason. Yeah, let that sink in. I don't know. I haven't heard that one too much, but. I, depending on how it was used, I could see it maybe being irritating. Uh, the others uh, that were on the list are pre-owned, onboarding, offboarding, gig economy, and the redundant hot water heater. 
<laughs> <laughs> and then also on the list was the uh, the President Trump uh, Twitter typo conf conf. Kofefe. Kofefe, yeah. Kofif. I, I can't even say it. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> There's so. like a thousand pronunciations of that one. Well, it's funny that it's on the list because it's not even a word. <laughs> so <laughs> how could it be on the list if it's not even a word? That's funny. Uh, hot water heater. I don't know. That doesn't bother me too much, but I guess it's redundant. Pretty much everyone says that for some reason, but we don't really think about the fact that you would not really heat up water that's already hot. Yeah. Make it hotter. Maybe they want to make it hotter water heater. Hotter water heater. <laughs> yeah. So those are some of the words that uh, apparently are overused or misused or you're not supposed to use them anymore. So, well, I haven't heard of onboarding, offboarding. That's not one that I've heard. I've heard of waterboarding. <laughs> that's what I thought of. <laughs> but I haven't heard of those. Uh, pre-owned. I don't know. That's pretty common. Gig economy. I don't even know what that is. Neither. Um, yeah. So I guess it just depends on kind of your circle of friends and what you say and who you talk to and. Um, I would like them to see a list. I would like to see a list of uh, uh, emojis that shouldn't be used anymore, or um, uh, you know the shorthand that they use on the uh, uh, when you're tweeting and things. I don't know what the term for that is, but the oh, you know, like the LOLs and yeah. stuff like that. That those are far more worthy of banishment than a couple of those words and cliches. Yeah, none of those are really cliches. They're just turns of phrase that people use too much now. But cliches, you know analogies that don't really fit the situation that we use all the time those could be done away with yeah so those are some of those uh, words you might have your own you could send them to us if you'd like to we'll, we'll read them comments at kpcg.fm <laughs> got some words you don't like you don't want to use i hope we get a lot of response <laughs> yeah. for that yeah probably words that we say like i don't like it when you say this and that <laughs> uh oh by the way i i hate i don't want to uh pass over some of the most important news of the day the of buffalo course. bills going to the nfl playoffs <laughs> excitement for you and your family <laughs> for many generations um when's the last time the bills were in the playoffs 1999 really yes so this is the first time this century that they're making it i had never seen it happen because i only got old enough to pay attention when i was when it was 2003 wow so even for me it's been a long time that's next uh, sunday that's a big day for you guys oh yes uh we we totally just lost our minds when well, basically what had to happen was the Bills had to beat the Miami Dolphins and then the Cincinnati Bengals had to beat the Baltimore Ravens, which they did, converting a 4th and 12 with less than a minute to go, throwing a 49-yard touchdown pass. And at that point, we knew the Bills were going to the playoffs and we just totally went crazy. Yeah, I, I imagine. I mean, teams obviously want to make the playoffs, but I you always see those games where a team, like the Ravens, if they win, they're in. If they don't, they lose. And they're not in. Um, they probably have no delusion of going to the Super Bowl. Maybe they do. But I wonder if they're upset or if part of them are kind of like, eh, I'm glad to be done with it. I don't want to get hurt. You know, it's so sad. I There was a couple of games yesterday I saw a little bit where it's the last game of the year. It didn't really matter. And then guys get hurt, you know, pretty bad injuries. And you think, oh, come on. You know, they almost made it. And then they get the bad injury on the knee or something. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those, especially all the, I think every single one of the early games yesterday was basically completely pointless i think the the steelers and patriots were going for the top seed but that was pretty much decided because the steelers didn't even bother to play their starters um it, so all those games didn't even matter then you get to the late games and pretty much all of those are deciding a playoff spot um those are the ones worth playing more so than the early games the big debate always in uh, nfl football is if you've already locked up a playoff spot do you play your starters last week the because there's a risk of injury, but then sometimes because you might have a three-week layoff, you come back and 
the wild card team is uh, ready to go when they beat you. That, so there's always a debate on if they play or if they don't. That happened to the Indianapolis Colts a few years ago. They rested their players. It might have even been like the last couple of weeks because remember they were like 14 and 0 and they didn't care about getting a winning season, so they just basically rested before the playoffs. And I think they might have gotten knocked out the first game they played going into the playoffs. And it's happened quite a few other times where if if you decide to uh, take a couple weeks off like that, basically you're going to be really rusty for the playoffs. Yeah, there was a write-up too about, uh, I guess some players were still protesting yesterday. It doesn't seem like the media is covering it as much. Um, But I did think, I wonder what will happen at the Super Bowl with all the media attention. Of course, they make that like a two-week festivity nowadays. And I wonder if they'll use that as some platform and uh, if that'll be a big protest there. So we'll see. Well, the media does need to be smart about this. That's obviously a losing issue for the vast majority of the country. To continually focus on kneeling during the anthem puts left-wing politics in a very bad light. And so maybe the media is finally wisening up to that and not covering it so much. They realize that they they need people to watch to get paid. (laughs) So that might be part of it, too. Uh, whenever the calendar year flips over, there are new laws on the books. We needed more laws. That's one thing I was always thinking. More laws. Uh, <laughs> we don't. We, they don't even, uh, you know, pay attention to half the ones that are on the books. It seems like, but we got some new ones here. So here's some that may be of interest to you. There's some voter law changes for those that do that. Uh, 2018 Iowa voters will be asked to show their IDs at the polls. Republicans say the law will help prevent voter fraud. In 2018, anyone who doesn't have ID will have to sign an oath verifying they are who they say they are and will be allowed to cast a ballot. So that's kind of interesting, too. That's just uh, that's just a terrible uh, scenario. To, to, all you have to do is sign a piece of paper saying you are who you say you are. Uh, a vast majority of people, I think, in this in this life have probably lied and... What's stopping someone from lying about something like that? What if they just put an X down? What if you said, like, well, I'm illiterate, but I want to vote? Because you could, I suppose. <laughs> I guess. Put an X, put your your sign on there. Uh, it's a good thing Prince uh, is not voting. He's not alive anymore, but... <laughs> could he not read? <laughs> no, no, he had the symbol. He changed his oh. name for a while. Okay. And he had that unpronounceable symbol for his name, so... Uh, <laughs> did he die this last year? I think so. Okay, yeah, there's always a lot of people that, you know, celebrities and things that die, and it's hard to keep track, but yeah... Yeah, he had that symbol with like the arrows <laughs> I didn't and the know circle. About that. That's yeah. funny. That was a nineties thing. <laughs> uh West Virginia also requires voters <laughs> at any election to show valid ID at the polls. So that's why always... would you not? It doesn't make any sense why like who doesn't have an ID? It's like twenty dollars. Right. Um anyone I guess Democrats say it's like a an issue of if you're too poor you don't have one, but that's just not that's not true. If without an ID, without a license or anything, you can't drive, you can't do things in everyday life. Um, basically, this is a way to let illegals vote. Yeah, there's no there's no legitimate reason to to not have an ID to to do something like that that I can think of. Here's a few other laws that have changed uh, in California now. Employers can no longer ask you about your prior salary. Job applicants can volunteer that information if they want, uh, but the new state law prohibits employers from relying on your salary history to decide whether to make you a job offer or decide how much to offer, and job applicants can request the pay scale for a position. The law is intended to narrow the gender pay gap. Well, wow, that's interesting. Oh, that's fake news. Yeah, I do. that's interesting. I, I guess every job I've applied for over the years i've had to tell them that's been pretty common what was what did you make at your last job 
Yeah, someone was actually telling me recently, just like a week ago, that he refused to tell whenever they whenever they said because I guess they were going to gauge how much to offer him for salary by what he had last made. Right. He didn't do it, and they offered him substantially more than what he made at his last job. So that if if you're allowed to not divulge that information probably it's a good idea to take advantage of it and maybe you can make more money on that job yeah i don't know there's probably not a lot of reason to really know that other than how much how little can i pay this individual? yeah the employer wants to know yeah, yeah i don't think the employer is like well i'm gonna triple whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> usually looking to keep it low uh, a new nevada law requires employers to grant up to 160 hours of leave per year to employees who are victims of domestic violence or have family members who are victims that's interesting. Hmm. 160 hours of leave. That's, that's uh, four weeks. Yeah. Uh, 40 hour weeks at least. That's a lot. How would, uh, that just gets a little sticky. Like, how would you get into that? Anyway, <laughs> it's a law. Now, uh, employers in Vermont can't request or require employees to provide their social media content. The act is meant to provide social media privacy for employees. So, you know, that's, uh, well, that's what happens these days. You know, if you're thinking about hiring somebody, you're going to Google them. What does this individual do? What did they do on social media? And I guess you can't do that in Vermont. Although, um, how are they going to verify that? Like, how are they going to tell that the employer didn't check it out? I guess maybe if you've got, like, you know, your code name uh, online, you know, uh, <laughs> Bill's Fan 1995 or whatever. <laughs> it might be out there. Maybe that's how they keep it quiet. But, uh, you know, if, if they could Google people's names, I guess. Yeah, if unless people are going under an alien alias online to troll other people, I think any employer could easily look that up. So uh, may, maybe this is just a matter of in the in the job interview itself, the, the people being interviewed don't have to turn that information over. But it doesn't seem like anything would stop the employer from looking it up on their own time. California seems to like to make new laws. They uh, California local law enforcement agencies will not be able to use its resources, such as its funds or personnel, to investigate, detain, or arrest people for immigration enforcement purposes. Wait a second. They didn't do that anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. Status quo. <laughs> Unofficially called a sanctuary state bill, supporters, including the uh, governor in California, say that it prohibits the commandeering of local officials to do the work of immigration agents. But critics say it limits cooperation between federal agencies and local law enforcement. I would tend to agree with the critics there. I think that it's just you have government agencies well, or police and then a government agency doing two different things or being opposed to each other. And um, it seems like it would limit cooperation. Well, in some cases, what has happened is that local police have refused to even keep people in detainment, people they've already picked up for other crimes. And then when the federal government sees it, they say, hey, can you just keep them detained for a little bit until we get there? And they refuse to even do that. So, so not even it's not even a matter of going to people's homes and arresting them. It's th these are people who have already been arrested, and they just get let out before the federal government can go deal with them and hopefully deport them. Yeah, it just it, you know it also makes uh, things just more expensive because you're paying people to do the job the one job two times really. Yeah, because if they're arrested for something and then you let them out and then you got to go pick them up for an immigration violation, it's just wasted money. 
double the staff in some cases. Yeah, that just doesn't seem like a good idea. Well, the left has no problem with wasted money, so that doesn't that that has no bearing on how they're going to make a law there. Yeah, well, you know, California, they're just swimming in money over there, so there's <laughs> <laughs> something. Uh, another law: police officers in New Jersey who handle sexual assault investigations are required to get training for that. Uh, the goal is for officers to avoid further traumatizing survivors, which could be a good idea, I guess. Uh, North Carolina's driver's handbook now gives instructions on how to deal with police during a traffic stop. Uh, Don't do anything dumb. (laughs) The new law comes after people have died during traffic stops. The state law requires uh, advice, including what actions the driver should take to be included in the driver's handbook. When's the last time you whipped out the driver's handbook? (laughs) Do we even have one in Oklahoma? (laughs) Didn't know it existed, but hopefully it says in there to just... Uh, address the police with yes sir or yes ma'am every single thing they say to you because if you don't do that and you start talking back if you get out of your vehicle if you hide where your hands are uh, those are a lot of things that are going to get people shot keep your hands on the wheel or wherever they tell you to put them there yeah that's uh, uh interesting so that that's a law there in north carolina but maybe it'll be somewhat helpful Uh, A couple other ones, family and divorce. New York will permit employees to take up to eight weeks of paid family leave. This is for bonding with a newborn, adopted or foster child, caring for a family member who is ill, or helping with a family member who is deployed on military service. So that's maybe not a bad idea, although eight weeks is a long time. And are they requiring businesses to do that? Uh, Permit. So if if they're requesting it and they say, you know, what they'd like it, then they... uh, they get eight weeks, so that's uh, that's something. Uh, and then in uh, they say, who gets a dog in a divorce? In Illinois, pets will be treated. I think this was on the trumpet the other day. In Illinois, pets will be treated more like kids than property in splits. Pets could be subject to uh, partial or joint custody after their owner's divorce. Oh, boy. Joint custody of a dog? That, that seems is, weird. That is absolutely pathetic, and that just shows you that they are elevating animals to the level of children um we've even talked about that before where people who don't have children uh sometimes they fill the void with pets and they treat their pets like their sons and daughters and that's a a pretty ex- a far extreme to go to but it's just what happens when you don't do the natural thing and have children <laughs> yeah it's it's uh interesting uh of course california becomes the latest state to legalize recreational marijuana as long as you're over the age of 21, you can buy pot without a medical card thanks to Proposition 64. But marijuana may not be available right on January 1st as businesses have to apply for a state license to begin selling recreational marijuana. Related to that, the restaurant Jack in the Box, has uh, they've come out with a, a meal specifically for people that are smoking marijuana. No it's, way. Yeah, it's like a snack pack sort of thing. And they're, they're saying, hey, we can make money on this, so they're getting involved with it. I guess the uh, specific types of cravings that people who are high might might want. That's yep. that's uh, I mean, I guess it's smart, but it's it's sad that we've gotten to the point that that is part of people's business practices now. People who grow marijuana in Colorado are limited to twelve plants at home. So, <laughs> what are they going to do? Come over and count them? I mean, it just opens the gates for lots of things. Those who have medical conditions are allowed up to twenty four plants. So that's, <laughs> that's the way it's going in Colorado couple other quick ones here. Uh, corn is the official grain of Illinois now, apparently. So for whatever that's worth. <laughs> the official, yeah, okay. Uh, this is interesting. Barbers can now make house calls in Tennessee. Before they could only go to homes of customers who were ill, now barbers with residential certificates can cut hair in anyone's home. You just call, you just order pizza and a haircut. 
<laughs> that's actually really convenient. <laughs> that that's probably a a nice breakthrough. That's my favorite one on the list so far. Yeah, I don't, you'd have to be a little concerned as, as a barber. Like, you know, what am I getting myself into? Like, what kind of a house is this? Or what, what neighborhood is this? Like, you wouldn't want to go just anywhere. But Yeah, because at least for pizza delivery men, they, they get a chance to uh, stop at the door. If right. you're a barber, you have to go inside. <laughs> yeah, cut their hair. How interesting. So those are some of the things. Also, August 4th is now Barack Obama Day in Illinois. It's a state holiday. But uh, you still have to go to work or school. I guess August 4th, probably not school yet, but uh, it's not. Uh, it's a commemorative holiday, so you still have to go to work. Oh, it's it's like, uh, I guess every day of the year is pretty much a holiday now, or some sort of a day commemorating a person or a place or a donut or whatever right. it might be, but you don't get it. You can't get a day off for every single one of them. Yeah. So that's, those are some of the new laws on the books coming up here in 2018. Uh, the, when they, the first of the year, a lot of times they have, uh, government officials give an address. Angela Merkel, uh, promises to work on social divisions in Germany in her annual new year's address. Uh, Merkel proposed or sorry, promised increased, uh, investment in security and defense, improved healthcare and education and efforts to overcome growing urban rural disparities. She said the world won't wait for us. We must create the conditions now that ensure that Germany continues to prosper in 10 and 15 years. Germany will only prosper if its success serves all people and improves and enriches our lives, she said. The chancellor said that while many took pride in Germany's prosperity and diverse and open society, others feared crime and violence, complained about a lack of doctors in rural areas, and worried about how to manage the influx of migrants. So everybody outside of her government, apparently, it would be in the latter category, <laughs> fearing many of those things, apparently. <laughs> but uh, it was interesting. She said that the world won't wait for us. We've got to uh, create the conditions ourselves. And that's what the biblically prophesied strongman is going to do outside of Germany. He's going to go into the Middle East and make sure that those conditions improve so that his own nation is not affected by the migration crisis and other things like that. Yeah, so there, there's it's kind of interesting, right? Up there was a few uh, uh, people they interviewed from over there, uh, you know, uh, I think in government in different areas, and just some of their ins or their thoughts about Germany. A lot of them don't think she can last, you know, that she'll be around that long, but we'll see. Trumpet dot com today. Make sure you stop and check that out. Donald Trump brings Bible prophecy alive in Jerusalem. This is by Brad McDonald. America's decision to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital was a good one, but not for the reasons you might think. Uh, check that out at thetrumpet.com. Uh, the Trumpet Daily Radio Show today with Stephen Flurry talks about anti-government protests are spreading in Iran. You probably saw this over the weekend. Uh, the protests uh, had a violent night last night. There's at least 12 dead overall. So they're, uh, they're coming out there in Iran and saying uh, they're going to uh, squash the rebellion so we'll see what happens well could you imagine if that's how we responded to protests here how much uh uproar there would be and maybe that's a, a cause for us to be thankful in this country that generally there's no loss of life from a protest at least not caused by the government right and they're cracking down of course in social media Sun on sunday iran blocked access to instagram and the popular messaging app telegram used mm -hmm. by activists to organize President Hassan Rouhani acknowledged the public's anger over the Islamic Republic's uh, flagging economy, uh, though he and others warned that the government wouldn't hesitate to crack down on those it considers lawbreakers. Well, it considers them all lawbreakers, I believe. 
So uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, that uh, protesting gains momentum or not. I always tend to think back to the Tiananmen Square protests in China when I was uh, younger. And, uh, you know, they went on for a while. They were out there protesting. And then the government came in and just crushed them. And that was the end of the protests. That's how most nations deal with problems like that. Uh, you can't you can't really have your society paralyzed by protesting for too long. And uh, a lot of people in government eventually get sick of it, especially in these more dictatorial countries. That's just how it's done. I mean, that we, we can't really relate to that, but that's just a clear example that uh, people of different nations don't necessarily think like those of us in the West. We can't we can't try to force our way of thinking on others or expect them to conform to our way of thinking. Yeah, and I think it does highlight, too, that there's a lot of people in Iran that don't support their government and what the government does. I mean, they they probably, in a lot of cases, want that's the same thing most people want, prosperity and uh, don't want trouble, just want to get through life. But uh, the government's very radical there, of course. And, uh, you know, it's, they, they had that uprising, what was it, 2009, right around the Arab springtime, a big one, Green Revolution, I guess it was, and... You know, the president didn't do anything. President Obama, he didn't make a peep about it. Whereas we jumped in with Egypt, we jumped in with all these other nations and said, you've got to listen to the people. But when it came to Iran, eh, don't say anything there, even though that government was probably ripe for toppling. And that's one that should be toppled. I mean, they're just a, a terrible. Now, what do you bring in? Obviously, that's an, an issue as well. But uh, uh, clearly an anti-West government, you'd think we'd be all over any sort of <laughs> rebellion against uh, the powers that be. Well, they deserve to be overthrown more than any of the nations that we did actually help to make that happen with. We got pretty much made, uh, well, we we deposed Libya's leader and uh, what the Egyptian leader, I'm, I'm, his name Hosni is... Mubarak. Yeah, yeah. He had to step down because of our pressure. So why did we not do the same thing with Iran, which is the leading state sponsor of terrorism, not just in the region, but in the entire world? Yeah, things would change if that government was toppled, but they are the king of the South. So it'd be interesting to see how they deal with things uh, over there. Today being the 1st of January, here's a couple of things that happened in history. Big day, of course, I guess, with a lot of things. 1863 on this day. U.S. President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, declared that all slaves in the rebel states were free. Um, you don't hear enough about that in terms of, like, celebrating it today. But 1942 also, U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, issued a declaration calling the United Nations, uh, called the United Nations, it was signed by 26 countries that vowed to create an international post-war, World War II peacekeeping organization of course, the United Nations today is just a chance for warmongers and dictators to stand up and say they hate the U.S., but uh, they started out with noble aims anyway. They probably would be really sad to see uh, what their <laughs> institution has turned into today if they were still around because uh, it it has totally transformed. Its mission is completely different from what it used to be. They used to have the lofty goal of uh, somehow establishing world peace on Earth. Uh, now, like you said, it is just a platform for maniacs to just go on rants. Yeah. Pretty interesting uh, historical notes there. Uh, this is kind of an interesting uh, note about diet. Everybody always wants to uh, be in better shape, I think. Maybe there's a few people out there that are like, nope, <laughs> this is the pinnacle. <laughs> Couldn't get any better than could, this. How could you get fitter than this? <laughs> but uh, a lot of people do want to get fitter. 
Uh, the Wall Street Journal talks about a diet strategy that counts time and not calories. This is sort of popular with some people. They say, stop counting calories. It's the clock that counts. That's the concept behind the time-restricted feeding. <laughs> Sounds like we're at the zoo. <laughs> or TRF, a strategy increasingly being studied by researchers as a tool for weight loss, diabetes prevention, and even longevity. In the uh, time-restricted feeding, you can eat, they say, whatever you want. Of course, I, I don't believe that, but that's what they say. And as much as you want, just not whenever you want. Daily food intake should be limited to a 12-hour window. Some people call it periodic fasting as well. Basically, give your body 12 hours to not uh, be processing food. So, like, if you get up and eat breakfast at 7 a.m., be done eating by 7 p.m. the night before. Yeah, actually not as hard as uh, some other ideas that I've heard, like, uh, don't eat other than between 9 and 5. So that's that's only an 8-hour window uh, as opposed to a 12-hour one. So the the bigger the window, the easier it is to actually stick with that diet long term. Yeah, they're, they're doing studies on this, and apparently it has some good results. Of course, obviously, you've got to eat right. I mean, you can't eat terrible. But they say despite a lack of dietary restrictions, most people following the TRF end up consuming fewer calories and do lose weight, according to studies and experts. Who are these experts? <laughs> Preliminary <laughs> evidence also shows other health benefits for fasting for 12 hours or more, including lower blood pressure and improved glucose levels and uh, psychological changes linked to slowing the aging process. Researchers believe that when the body kicks into this fasting mode, it more efficiently breaks down food and fat in particular. And I think I'm, I'm guessing it probably helps people sleep better too. You know, if you're not trying to digest a big meal right before you go to or right when you go to bed or something, um, it seems like it would have a lot of benefits. So it's just interesting. Our modern life has changed things so much. Our mo- modern style of living with like electricity. You know, the sun goes down these days. What like a little after five? But yeah, you kick on the lights and you can stay up as late as you want and still do things. And uh, but if you kind of went more by sun up, sun down, you know, we would just naturally sort of have to do these things, I guess. Get to sleep at a decent time, get up early. You wouldn't be sitting there eating, I don't think, around the candlelight. <laughs> You'd probably be just kind of getting ready for bed. So modern life has changed things uh, quite a bit. Yeah, and probably as well uh, in the past, people didn't really have to think as much about uh, managing when they ate because they were working with their hands and and. and engaging in really difficult strenuous physical labor uh so that pretty much any amount of eating you would do would be offset by that hard work yeah we're definitely more sedentary yeah more food more processed foods there's all kinds of things but anyway they're always coming out with some sort of new diets but i i don't know this this sounds pretty realistic um just stop eating for a while at night that seems to seems to make some sense and sometimes people have to you know you get maybe a health issue or something you kind of do have to do it whether you want to or not Mm -hmm. when you're younger you can kind of do almost whatever you want it seems like it doesn't matter but it does catch up to you eventually yeah it really doesn't last long you think you're invincible when you're a teenager but it catches up to you pretty quickly yeah you know the other day actually uh we went to a thunder game this weeks a few weeks back we were leaving the game and walking out, and, and there's some vendors that were trying to peddle their products. Uh, in one case, literally, because they wanted to give you a ride on a bike. So they were. Oh, I, I did that the other time I went. Did you? It was really fun, oh, actually. they gave you a ride to they your car. They zipped us in this little carriage in the back. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> but uh, they were giving us, just thinking of health uh, notes, they were giving uh, away some of these energy drinks. Mm. And, you know, 
some people were taking them, but a lot of people didn't drink them. They just kind of tossed them, which I was just surprised that it, it seemed like they were, they were given away for free and it's a popular drink, but it just seemed like because of all the negative press, maybe people are like, I don't want to drink that. I didn't see anybody drinking. I saw a lot of people just kind of chucking them. Wow. Really? Uh, there was uh I think that happened one time, uh, after a game and they were handing out like i think it was monster energy that's drinks. what it was yeah. yeah but when i was there it was like a kind of a longer line um maybe they maybe they did just throw them out but they just wanted to get something for free hmm. in the first place yeah. but i didn't even bother to stop just because the line was so long oh and because of how unhealthy those drinks are <laughs> they're huge <laughs> they're not only are they unhealthy but they're big they give you, that's a big old can it is you. for free i can't believe it maybe maybe that makes people uh actual repeat customers is, is that the benefit of something like that i guess so just getting their product out there and maybe trying to get somebody else to say oh i like that and go buy it spread the addiction yeah the ecstatic high of yeah all that sugar i guess so i mean but it is amazing how even sizes have changed you know when you go to any restaurant now you know small medium large that's a different that means different things if you if you remember the old uh, flintstones cartoon and the introduction where he pulls up to the restaurant and <laughs> put the meal on there, and it's so big that it flips his car over. That's kind of what's happened with some of the like large sizes now. It's amazing how big things are. Putting like a, an entire animal carcass out, yeah. out the window. Right. Yeah, it, it is amazing. Uh, I mean, even even just the fact that a lot of energy drinks now have a, a cap that you can screw back on shows that it's a hefty portion there that you're meant to come back to later yeah it's i always think they should some of the drinks have to be sold with uh flotation devices and a diving board <laughs> so you can get in there <laughs> really get in there and take your time with it it's huge <laughs> where are you gonna put it all that's why people have to drive suvs too <laughs> bigger cup holders yeah sometimes uh these drinks don't even fit in my no. car <laughs> yeah it's amazing uh some of the uh some of the different dietary things that are out there so anyway even if you like to drink those uh, don't drink them for 12 hours and that should help you out <laughs> that's all you have to do yeah well it's always funny when they talk about diets and things and there's sometimes there's some pretty good information or it's like hey that's that's kind of a wise thing but they always put in the hey don't worry you can eat whatever you want as much as you want that's never true that's never true yeah, yeah, it would be a good idea to, you know, maybe not eat so much at night. That I think that sounds like a good idea. But the rest of the day, you can't eat whatever you want <laughs> and as much as you want. Why do they always have to put that in there? I think it's like a bait to try to make people start doing this, and then maybe eventually their actual food choices will improve over time once they have some sort of structure, maybe. Well, it just, it just speaks to, I guess, human nature, like, want to still kind of break the the health laws do whatever you want but this you you can imply that or uh implement this one thing and that'll take care of everything just one thing just, it's a it's a miracle trick it's the one trick we've all been it's just slipped through our fingers it ties into what we want to talk about uh this week here on trump radio live the uh great booklets at the trumpet.com it's a free one they all are free by the way the seven laws of success well, success is one of these things you know everybody wants success but uh, everything that's peddled today or, you know, they try to sell to us usually is sort of like a, you know, fad diet or it's a get rich quick scheme or it's, you know, it's the one trick that's eluded you. Uh, and, but there are principles to being successful, but they're very specific, very practical. So we're going to talk about those. So if you're hoping for like the, the one magical thing, uh, we don't have that one. We have the seven magical steps. Yeah. <laughs> The seven laws of success. It says, why are the are only the very few women as well as men successful in life? 
Just what is success? Here is the surprising answer to life's most difficult problem, proving that no human need ever become a failure. And it's on people's minds. I mean, if you go, say, to YouTube, and you just type in some sort of a self-help you know, topic, oh, there's video after video after video after video on it. And some of them have some pretty good points, but you can just tell by how popular they are that people are searching for answers. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, some of life's deepest questions, people would turn to a random YouTuber sometimes and just want to hear what this one funny personality has to say about it. But there are there are sources out there that uh, are better to turn to, like thetrumpet.com, of course, and, and, and booklets like this because... Uh, just just going to some random random funny guy is not really the way to do it. And, of course, people also want to ask questions about things that aren't so important either, not just the important things. Right, yeah. There's And then, of course, uh, the commenters, you know, sometimes they agree, sometimes they disagree. Which is, which is, <laughs> sometimes they violently disagree. <laughs> violently disagree, yeah. I was actually, I was kind of looking around at some different videos, you know, thinking about this topic, and uh, there was one lady, she had uh, fashion advice for men, Um I forget what it was, something like the 10 things you should never wear or something like that. So I'm like, oh, I want to see what this is. And so I watched a little video, and then the comments, everyone was just attacking the lady. They're like, you say you're the expert. Look at what you're wearing. And they're all, you know, so nobody can agree. Everybody's always got their different ideas. There was a celebrity recently who does put out uh, videos like that sometimes, and he said he's never once read a YouTube comment in his entire life. I just was in awe that he was able to resist that temptation because you, you do just tend to scroll down and see what people have to say. But usually it's so vitriolic and such a time waster that you don't want to even want to get started on that. Yeah, the ones that really kind of shock you and stand out are the ones that say like, oh, that's some good advice. Thanks. You're like, oh, wow, that was <laughs> nice. And it's the same person down yeah, here. Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> People do want success, though, and uh, the only way to success, not a copyrighted formula being sold for a price. It's not something you can go out and purchase. The price is your own application of the seven existing laws. Isn't that the way it is? Uh, whether it's better fitness, weight loss, uh, you know, financial uh, improvement, um, it always comes with the price of putting forth effort, putting something into practice to doing it. It's, there's nothing in life of value that just shows up. Like you do have to put forth some effort, and that's that's the hard part of att- obtaining success. I, you know, I, people can read books, and there's some really good ones out there. That say, you know, give you different uh, principles on how to be successful in a particular area, but the the reading of it's the easy part. The doing of it, that's the hard part. Really true, and and success just isn't marketed as something that has to be achieved over time. It's always seen as a snap of the fingers type achievement, but. If it were like that, it would really devalue success. We would probably all be successful in life. It wouldn't be a special accomplishment to be successful anymore. And we wouldn't really appreciate it if it took zero effort to attain it. It does take time. There's, uh, And unfortunately, there are many, many examples of people not being successful, probably more examples of that. The booklet points out some statistics. These have probably changed somewhat, but at the time of the writing of this, every two minutes, someone in the United States attempts suicide. Each day, nearly 85 people succeed at that. <clears throat> but is that success? Well, obviously, it would not be. The World Health Organization estimates that some 1,000 people commit suicide in the world every day. 
which is amazing to think of that. And, and, you know, you can think about plenty of statistics that are just negative, uh, whether it be suicides or, you know, people just kind of giving up on life because they feel like they're a failure. They can't get out of whatever problem they're in. And, uh, of course, that is the minority, thankfully. And most people don't go to that extreme. But, but at the same time, I think uh, there is sort of this idea out there that success is rare, probably because it is, and that failure is kind of the norm. Like, well, you'll probably fail, but yeah, you know, some people will succeed. And that's really not, not the right way to think about it. I mean, that's not what God wants. God doesn't say that. You, can't, you can read the whole Bible and nowhere does he say, you know, I hope you absolutely fail. <laughs> it does say if you break the laws, you're going to have problems, but God wants success for people. So that should be the norm instead of failure. And we do need to look at success differently from the way that people often see it, which is if you become a celebrity or a movie star or an athlete or a musician that everyone knows, then you're successful. Uh, those those types of things are not alone what makes someone a success, even though they are in the public eye the most. Yeah, for sure. It, it gets back to like uh, New Year's, uh, those music fests or whatever, where they bring out the old... <laughs> older um, celebrities from the past. And, you know, yeah, they obtained some level of success, but it's fleeting because what they were going after was this young, iconic sort of look or personality, and it fades and you get older. So if your goal is, say, physical beauty, well, you can't you can't keep it. People really try, but it, it goes away. So, uh, and, and that's brought out, too, about some celebrities that they had success, but Really, at the end, they felt like they were failures. And people did not even remember them after they died, which is another indicator that uh, that it's not true success. True success lasts forever. It's not something that ends with physical death. And I think that's why uh, a lot of times it seems like people that have really made it, quote-unquote, probably are some of the most depressed because, you know, you're, cha- you're, you're kind of chasing this idea of, well, if I only became famous or if I only became wealthy and then for those few that do get there uh to that level I think it's like well now what you know is this is this it (laughs) I made it so now what happens do I buy another car another house what what is it that's going to fulfill my life there's plenty of examples uh in this booklet and there's others you can think of probably that you know made a made a fortune in their lives but were married five six seven times lots of divorces lots of problems ended up miserable at the end. And you look back and think, uh, what what was all that for? What, where, where was the happiness and the fulfillment there? And sometimes all that wealth and all those luxuries can actually just lead to uh, vices that bring you even further away from becoming truly happy. That's that's the danger in becoming uh, really wealthy. If it's, if it's not controlled, then uh, it can actually... It can actually take you away from the seven laws of success. It can take you in the complete opposite direction of where you're wanting to go. We all have a void that needs to be filled, but it can't ever be filled by money or cars or women or anything else. And, of course, uh, so when we're talking about success, we're talking about true success, true happiness in life. And then you do get a lot of those benefits as well. You know, maybe not the richest person in the world, but certainly good prosperity and things like that. So it's not to say that's not important, but if that's the end all be all, it, it usually falls, uh, falls fall, far short of expectations. So we want to take a look at the uh, first law today. Again, there's seven laws of success. We're going to take a look at the first one. And uh, the first law then of success is fixing the right goal. 
you have to know what you're aiming for in the first place uh, because uh, it would be uh, impossible to reach success if you didn't have a goal to aim at, you know. What's the goal? Even when you look at people that say, just, you know, commoners such as ourselves, uh, (laughs) you know, everybody says, well, I'd like to lose some weight or I'd like to get in better shape or I'd like this or that. And those are just very general. You know, you have to fix the right goal and it has, you have to be specific about how you're going to get there. Yeah, that's true. And and it is, uh, it's a matter of also just having a lot of smaller goals too. If, if it's, if it's just one huge goal and there's no structure, there's no, uh, battle plan, so to speak of attaining that one big goal, it kind of gets out of focus pretty quickly. So there are obviously many aspects of life where, uh, we need goals, we need structure, we need, we need something to be striving for or else nothing really gets accomplished. And even just the fact that the first law is having the right goal, um, it just, it shows you that there can be goals in any any uh, field of life because we haven't even talked about how to figure out what the right goal is yet. That doesn't even come until step number seven. Yeah, and and it's pointed out here too as we get into these these uh, laws of success that there's some obvious ones that aren't being specifically mentioned like honesty, patience, loyalty, courtesy, dependability, just good character principles. But you can be all of those things and still not be successful. But you can't be successful if you don't have that. You're not going to go around being uh, a liar and end up with success. <laughs> not long-term success anyway. So all of those things are kind of the given in this and what we're talking about. But then it gets into specific uh, laws. And, and the first one being to fix the right goal. It says not just any goal. Most of the successful men mentioned uh, in this booklet already had goals. You can read about them. And they drove themselves relentlessly to accomplishment by making money gaining status in the eyes of people, enjoying the passing pleasures of the five senses. They, uh, they had uh, you know, some success, but also they had a lot of fear, worry, heartaches, troubled consciences, sorrows, frustrations, empty lives, and ultimately death. And so they had a lot of fun and they enjoyed a lot of things, but that alone didn't bring true success. It says, in other words, the very first law of success is to be able to define success and once you have learned what success is, then make that your goal in life. So finding out what real success is and aiming for that, that's uh, the key thing here. And it's not just the wealth or the popularity or whatever. Exactly. And, of course, uh, people apart from God won't know what the ultimate goal is, but even they can uh, think of a pretty good uh, life's purpose, uh, something larger than oneself that that does give you a reason to wake up in the morning and go out and, and accomplish things. Uh, but of course, there is a, a spiritual element to it. There is something deeper to it. Um, there is a spiritual goal that those of us who know about it would be striving for. Yeah, the point is made uh, here with fixing the right goal that you do have to have that purpose, like you said. You have to know. And, you know, really, I, if you maybe even think about yourself or think about people you know, it's pretty easy to just kind of wander through life without any real purpose besides what am I going to eat for lunch or (laughs) the basic things we think about having an over uh, riding purpose, a driving purpose in life. That is very important and making sure that that's what you're, you're aiming for. And uh, of course this booklet was written by uh, Herbert W. Armstrong. And if you know much about him, he lived, you know, to be 93 years of age, 
worked right up until just right before he died and had an overwhelming purpose in his life, which in his case was getting uh, God's message out to the world, um, preaching the gospel around the world, doing those things. And so that was his driving purpose. But that was one of the most, that was the most important thing for him was having that purpose in life, something to work towards, something positive, And uh, it keeps you going. You know, they they talk a lot about people that retire, and they say that, you know, if they retire and they don't do anything, they usually die. Because once you lose purpose, you kind of lose uh, the will to live in some ways. Yeah, that's true. I mean, obviously, um, retirement can be a nice thing from, if you, especially if you had a pretty strenuous job and you're getting up to be 60 or 70 years old, retiring from your job might be a good idea, but uh, general retirement's not such a good idea where, where what I mean is you don't even have much of anything, uh, to work toward in a given day. Uh, the day still needs to be filled. There needs to be a, a schedule, uh, something that motivates or else, uh, yeah, it is easy to pretty, pretty much deteriorate and waste away, uh, without that overarching purpose still. Purpose could be to just walk along the beach, the beautiful beach, all day. But that's no. <laughs> see, that's better than sitting around. Yeah. I bet people who did that would be pretty healthy, though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, it, again, here in this booklet, it says uh, again, the first law of success uh, is to fix the right goal, and not just any goal. One could set a goal in which they had little or no interest and drift into an action. You know, you could say, "I want to be a uh, physicist." Well, if you don't like that field, though, chances are. You're not going to get into it. The right goal will arouse ambition. And so that's a great way to think about it. Is this something I really want to uh, go after? It, does it uh, cause me to have uh, to be ambitious and to want to work towards it? And sometimes you have to cultivate that. You know, you may know you should, but you don't have that. And you maybe can cultivate it, but uh, it does have to be something you're interested. You don't want to end up the proverbial square peg in the round hole where you're trying to do something you just don't like that much. You're just not that interested in. Fixing the right goal, that's the point, not just some random goal, but the the one you really want to get after, the purpose that, that uh, arouses ambition. Yes, and after taking careful thought to uh, deciding that right goal, it does take a lot of planning to try to achieve it and um, obviously a willingness to strive to overcome any obstacle to obtain the goal. If you're not serious about it, why even get started along that path in the first place? Right. Yeah, there's, uh, I think no matter what happens in life for people, if they have a certain level of success, there is that one big question everyone has. Like, what's what's the purpose of life, though? Like, what are we here for? And um, that's a question that needs to be answered. And he talks about that. You know, if he says, if you could uh, discover such an overall purpose, a definite purpose for which humans were put on earth, and if you could discover human potential greater than mere temporary existence, then you would uh, think that that purpose would be the goal that should be uh, exciting and should um, get people going and have a lot of ambition. But what's interesting about that, too, is is if you know the history of uh, Mr. Armstrong and the work that he had and the people that supported him, uh, most people just turned and walked away from that after he died, even though they understood that purpose to life that overriding goal, and yet still uh, got caught up in other things. It's easy, even if you know uh, the right goal and you're fixed on it, it's easy to get distracted and drift off into something else. And that's proof right there that if it's our serious goal, it can't depend on someone else dragging us along toward the fulfillment of that goal. Uh, Mr. Armstrong was a dynamic force, and of course people wanted to follow him, but once he wasn't there anymore, people 
pretty easily lost track of the goal that they were all going toward with him. He he was more pulling some of these people, and they were not pushing themselves enough. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's easy to follow somebody in a goal, maybe if they're a dynamic leader and, and you uh, respond to that. But, uh, yeah, it has to be personal or else. Uh, and that people struggle with that no matter what it is. That's why a lot of times people will go get a, a personal trainer or something, somebody that will make you – do you know your training even if you don't want to and sometimes that's a good idea too but ultimately whatever the goal is that you're really going after if you want to be successful you've got to want it for yourself because no no one can make you do anything at the end of the day you you have to have the the determination the ambition and uh have that uh, desire to fix the right goal and go after it yeah we do have to ask ourselves does a legitimate worthwhile goal really become obsolete just because one person is no longer around to push us toward it? It's a great question. It's worth asking. That's the first law of success, fixing the right goal. And, of course, that could apply to a lot of different areas of life, but make sure that it's the right goal and then work towards it. That's uh, the first law to have success. And we'll look at the other laws as we go through uh, this week as well. That's all the time we have for today on Trumpet Radio Live. Make sure that you listen for the Key of David program and the Trumpet Daily Radio Show, and Just the Best Literature. That's all coming your way today. For Grant Turgeon, myself, Dwight Falk, have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. You're listening to Trumpet Radio, 101.3 KPCG.